Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As we started last week, <clears throat> pardon me, on turning your dreams into reality. And we talked just a little bit before about what that entails for every one of us. Sometimes I've ran into people that are young, sometimes people that are very old, and they don't seem to have any dreams. They think that it's not important for them, or they were told that they couldn't ever accomplish those dreams, or they had to settle for something less. And I just believe with all my heart that no matter what stage of life you're in, there's supposed to be dreams in your life. And sometimes you hit a barrier. Sometimes you can hit something where you say, this is unpleasant, I don't like it, I don't know how to get through it, I'm not sure exactly where to go. People go through cycles like that. Churches go through cycles like that. You can be doing everything that you know that you're supposed to do, but if you don't have anything fresh coming in, it can get boring after a while. Instead of us just doing the routine, I believe that we're supposed to apply biblical principles to see these dreams become reality and for you to begin to have dreams. I don't mean just the stuff that happens at night. Sometimes those can be from God. Sometimes they're not from the Lord. And it's real obvious that it's not from the Lord. Uh, you know, I shared with you about the dream I had during the series we were doing about the rapture that uh, I was left behind. You all were gone. And uh, I was left behind. And the Lord asked me, when I talked to him about it, he said, well, I wanted you to stay behind to preach to those that weren't saved. And I said, well, okay, as long as I still get to go. And then I heard uh, Pastor Kara had a dream. And in that dream that she had, that somehow Japan invaded Illinois. After I heard that dream, I, I didn't feel bad about mine. Then I heard some of your other dreams and, and other ideas, and, and I thought, wow, I'm not so crazy after all. You know, sometimes it's good to hear other people's dreams and ideas because it spurs us on. Some people have a dream that they can have a second job, that they can work a few hours every week. It'll generate some income and it'll be for a specific task or a different job. Some people get an extra job this time of year to have Christmas money. Uh, some people, they do it for a lot of different reasons, vacation, all kinds of things that can come up. Well, I want to help you tonight to see what the Word says. Because we talked last week how in just the dictionary itself, in Webster's Dictionary, the word dreams means this. Dreams are your hopes, your aspirations, and your ambitions. So when you think about that, those are all things that are out there in the future. Now remember, in Scripture, the Bible talks about now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We all have to have some hopes. Hopes are those things that are out there that might be able to happen. And then faith kicks in 
and faith says, I'm convinced they're going to happen. So those two words play together a lot. They are really tightly connected. The dictionary definition of visions, again, is this. It's a mental image produced by the imagination. So you get this image within your heart, within your head, and you're able to see it a little bit further because now you have an image. Now, the hard part for some people is if they don't see a physical image, for them to get an image in their brain, well, some folks say, well, I'm not creative like that. I can't see it that way. I believe that God created us to be like him. We're his children, and that means that we have a right to expect that he will give us some imagination. He'll give us some dreams, some ideas, and he will place those things in our heart. So if you're one of those people that has always said to people, you know, don't try to tell me, I, I won't see it. You could put a sign right in front of me and I'll never pay any attention to it. Well, we know that's true. <laughs> it happens sometimes to different people. They just don't pick up on it. They don't see it because they're so trained to see everything else. For example, how many of you noticed when you come in those doors from the lobby, how many of you noticed the little sign on the wall that says faith? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, look at you. All right. Well, you know, we had the little sign up there that says no cell phones. And when that was put up, you remember people were just all getting wired and we'd be in church and somebody would be getting a call from God. At least that's how they all wanted us to think about it. And they would rush out the back, this type of thing. Or they would answer it there. You got to hold on, I'm in church. So anyway, we thought, now today, people use their cell phones for their Bible, for all kinds of things, and uh, we need to take that down. It's not relevant. So we went out to Hobby Lobby, and we picked up that little sign that said faith. We picked up one for the one on this side. The problem is, on this little wall that's out here, it's between the sound room and the doorway here, and it's just a little bit too small. The faith sign would have to be upside down or sideways or something or another there. So we're still looking for another one. So if you come through that way, you'll still see a sign that says no cell phones. Cellular. Oh, that was what it said, cellular? No cellular phones. If we were in Europe, they would say mobile. So sometimes things change around us and we don't always pick up on it. Other times a change comes and it's so abrupt, it really gets our attention. So let's go back to the scripture we used last night to start us out with in the book of Habakkuk within your Bible. Oh, I see I didn't give that for you guys to put up on there. So let me just tell you, we won't have to do all that. We're going to go to Proverbs. Sorry about that. Misread my own notes. But if you'll remember in Habakkuk 2 and verses 2 and 3, it tells us to write the vision and to make it so we can understand it and run with it. And we need to know that if we'll wait for it, it will come to pass. So knowing that, that we take a vision and write it down, I, I encourage you to either have a dream book or maybe you have something that you put your, prayer us, your prayers up so you can see them at home or in the back of your Bible. You have something that you do that keeps you organized. Well, I encourage you to take your dreams and write those out also. Maybe you have a dream one day of going to Hawaii. Maybe that's uh, on your dream list out there. 
Well, pastor, how can that be spiritual? How can that work? If it's a dream in your heart, it's all right to put that down. Dreams don't have to always have a spiritual meaning. But what will happen is it will give you a roadmap to begin to pray for, to believe for, to begin putting money back for. In our budget book, I have certain things written down that so every week when we put the money in the bank, I know that whether $10 is going toward this or 15 or things like that, that money is going into that part of our savings account and it will be there when I need it. Um, uh, lots of different things that I list there. So I have some dreams to see certain things take place. I want to encourage you that if you're believing for something in your spiritual life also, Maybe it's hard for you to witness to people. And so you're praying saying, oh God, give me a strategy. Show me how I can do this. How can I be bolder in my faith? That's a good thing also to put down in your dreams and asking God to teach you and show you his wisdom and his power. So let's now look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. Proverbs itself is one of those books in the Bible that has such wisdom in it. It's got so many amazing truths that we can use that are even just one-liners, one or two verses that just pop up and encourage us. And in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7, from the King James or from the New King James, it actually reads like this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Sometimes we get limited because of the things that we have been taught. Maybe you were told if you didn't finish high school that you are too dumb to understand certain things. Maybe if you uh, didn't get certain grades in different subjects, you were told you'll never be able to handle this. I want you to know if you've had people speak things like that over you, you need to begin to retrain your thinking. You need to retrain your thinking, and that's all up here in your head. The Word talks about how we need to renew our mind. Now, if I need to renew my mind, I want it to be a godly idea. There's people to go to hypnosis seminars and hypnosis activities to be able to quit drinking or to quit smoking or this kind of thing. And what happens is they are allowed to be put into a trance. But here's the part that always makes me nervous. In that trance state that they're in with hypnosis, someone gives them a hypnotic suggestion and tells them that they are no longer bound by either a problem with weight loss or cigarettes or with alcohol, whatever it is. They pay money to go to this thing and they get put into a trance. That has to touch their spirit. And when I got born again, I gave my whole being to the Lord. I don't want to give control over to any person or any other possible spirit being that's out there. I only want the Holy Spirit. So if you want to think about it, we can renew our mind in a better way than just even what people who go through the world system of hypnosis. The more you speak the Word of God, the more you read it. We know the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You start to get rid of unbelief and you start to fill yourself up with belief on the inside. Now, if that works for us when it deals with the issues of faith, then when this word says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he, this is a point for all of us to adjust our thinking. If maybe you had somebody tell you this, well, you know, you're a woman. You're not going to be able to do this. 
well, you've got this physical disability. You'll never be able to do this. You need to get that junk stuff washed out of you. And the way you do that is through the Word of God. I, I was thinking, honey, of the songs you had us singing tonight, all those blood songs. How powerful is the blood of Jesus? You know, and the early saints, when they wrote those songs, and they talked about being washed white as snow. Now think about that one, because it's pretty wild. The whole idea that the red blood can make you white as snow. That pureness that's there in that white. That pureness that's there that gets rid of the ugliness of sin. That powerful, powerful blood of Jesus Christ. That tells me if the blood can wash away my sins, then the blood can wash away my doubt and unbelief. The blood can wash away the wrong thoughts that are in my head. Maybe someone told you something about your children. Maybe someone told you about the neighborhood that you live in. Well, you can expect this to happen. You can expect where you live 20 years from now, these are the problems that are going to move into your neighborhood. Now, wait a minute. That's your neighborhood. That's your house. You have the Holy Spirit abiding and living in your home because you're there. You've given it over to God. You have a right to believe that his angels are around the perimeter of your property and your house. Now, we don't want to think about other people being taken advantage of, but I want to encourage you, even as Scripture speaks about, letting out the ends of your tent a little bit bigger taking your poles out a little bit further. Start seeing your whole neighborhood as a place where the Spirit of God dwells. Start seeing the power of heaven move within your neighborhood. Now, isn't it interesting that Chicago, Illinois, has the strictest gun laws in all of the United States, and yet they have more murders there every weekend than almost any other city in the world? How is that? You can't buy a gun in Chicago. You'd have to be outside the city limits for that. And yet all the criminals have all the guns. Isn't it interesting that when London went ahead, when England said they were going to ban guns for everyone else in the country, that they thought that was going to curb violence. Are you ready for this? Every four minutes in England, someone is killed by being stabbed. You took away the guns. Remember the first murder in the Bible? It was with a rock. Evil is evil is evil. It will always be there. They will find a way to be evil. God changes our hearts. And when God grabs our heart for your dreams, for your realities to begin to show up, we have to put on the eyes of faith and we have to see the God possibilities. So faith creates an image on the inside of you. You see yourself completing your dreams. Now, when our family, we were still a part of the Methodist Church and we were reading, my mom and dad were reading books and we were new and being filled with the Holy Spirit and all these things were so new to us. I remember my mom telling a story that she had read in a particular magazine or a, in a book that she was reading and this lady was believing for a new vacuum cleaner. Well, she didn't say new. She was praying just saying, Lord, my vacuum cleaner's broke. I just need a vacuum cleaner. Any vacuum cleaner will work. And somebody gave her a broke-down vacuum cleaner. Now, what in the world do you need a broke-down vacuum cleaner for? 
you know, when I, one of those old Hoovers you turn on and the bag starts to fill up and you see the dust sort of start to come out of the bag a little bit like that. Sound like a jet getting ready to take off. Now, when those things worked well, they had great sucking power. This lady learned an, a principle there. And you might say, well, God should have known better. There's nothing in the Bible that says God will override your will or that God will override your expectations. As you think in your heart, so it will be with you. And the lady went on in the book as she was writing and began believing for the finances to be able to get a new vacuum. Now, don't go out of here thinking I'm trying to tell you that you always have to have something new. That's not always the solution. But you need to be careful how you pray. You need to know that God is wanting you to believe and to get an image in your head. If you want to have a new vacuum, if you want to have a vacuum that works, then get a picture of a dirty floor with, you know, how they do on the TV commercials. They put all the dirt out in one area or they put all the lint and other things and they push the vacuum over it and everything gets sucked up. Get that picture down in your heart of the thing that will work in your home. See, this idea still works when it deals with us physically within our bodies. If you want healing to flow through your body, you've got to get this image moving on the inside of you. Let's go in the New Testament to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is one that most of the time we talk about the heroes of faith. Speaks a great deal about the men and women that have gone on before us. And in Hebrews chapter 11, take a look at verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Now, this is going to be important. I, I encourage you to write that or underline it in your Bible. He went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him in the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham never lived in Jerusalem. He lived in a tent all of his life. He was possessing the promise of God. I want you to begin to think about your own family tree. I want you to think about your children, your grandchildren, maybe your great-grandchildren. I want you to begin to see how important it is, even with your prayers, that for Abraham, he knew he was not just, just, just doing a slick, quick moment here with God, but he was preparing for a people, a generation that would come after generation, after generation, after generation. And the man had no children. And yet he got this vision, this image on the inside of him. He stood up on a mountain and God said, look this direction, look that direction, look this way, look that way. All this land I have given you. Jesus said it, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He taught his disciples that. He showed them the truth in the word that there was absolutely nothing impossible. 
I want you to get this picture down inside that even when you pray, you're not just dealing with you temporarily here, but you are dealing with something that is so great and vastly powerful, it could shape the destiny of your whole family. Hallelujah for that. Get that vision down inside. Yeah, but Pastor, I need the manifestation now. Amen. There are certain things we need the answer right now. <laughs> and you need it in your life in this time period. But I want you to realize you need to get a vision and a dream for your family. Get a picture going for your kids and your grandkids. I don't care whether they're serving God right now or not. That doesn't have anything to do with the image you get down on the inside of you. What image will you get going? What kind of a picture will you get? Well, you know, who can tell what your kids are going to do? Well, let's see again what the scripture said here. In verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise. The land of promise. God had said to him, you're going to possess that land. We know we call it the promised land today. I want you to know you have a promised land too. You have a promised land. Well, I've never gone on a missions trip, Pastor. I'm believing in three years when you take another trip, I'm going to be able to go with you. Amen. Get that down in your heart. Get that believing inside you that you're going to be moving in that direction and God's going to provide supernaturally for you to be able to go because you're going to have to have supernatural provision. They don't let you in the country just to have a, a gum stick in your pocket. You've got to have money to pay for the ticket. You've got to have faith out there believing for the things that you need to believe for. Even though he was a foreigner in a foreign country, it was the land of promise. Somebody else was already there. Somebody was there. Well, then why did they have a right? Because God said it's theirs. You may not have healing right now. Sickness may have you with something that seems to be incurable. But you get it down in your heart that your promised land is you being healthy and whole and complete. You are a foreigner in this earth that we live in right now. This is not our permanent dwelling place. We have a kingdom that is greater than anything we've ever seen on this earth. And we belong to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? See, this image has to get down inside you that you begin to think and process things as a child of the living God. Praise the Lord. Now, this summer we were out at the campground on the 4th of July, and uh, Heather doesn't even realize she did this. But we were talking, and they were getting ready to go to another part of the campground at that point. And she says, uh, we're going to go back to our motorhome. I laughed on the inside because I wanted to say to her, you don't live with us anymore. You've never made a payment on that. It belongs to your mother and I. But she was like, we're going back to our motorhome. Well, of course, it's our motorhome. She is Ohana. She is family. <laughs> now, Steve, if you would have showed up and said, we're going back to our motorhome, I would have said to you, what, you got a mouse in your pocket? Who's the we going back to our? Well, but pastor, we're part of the family of God, can't we? I'll give you next month's payment book. The fact is, we get an image. She's grown up in the house. She's gone camping. She has been with us in all those things. It is ours. I didn't say anything weird at that point because she's my daughter. 
she's my favorite middle daughter and she can have whatever she wants. The idea is this, Abraham followed, are you writing that down? <laughs> Honey, just remember where we put the will, okay? <laughs> Abraham followed God and he lived in tents. Now that wasn't a bad thing because a lot of people lived in tents. A lot of people didn't have a permanent structure. But that was where they lived. He wasn't complaining about living in a tent. Some people today would look and say, I hate where I'm living. You know, I'll only be happy if I reach this. Wait a minute, you need to learn how to be happy in every circumstance. You need to learn how to be able to apply your faith in every place. So whether it's small or big, you have a satisfaction within your heart. And eventually his people would have a permanent home. There are steps that are there. There are steps in each of our lives. Never, never, the word remind, I just want to remind you of this. It says, never despise the day of small beginnings. Praise the Lord. Aren't you ladies happy that when you delivered your child, they weren't 18 years old? They were little. They were small packages. Can you imagine the maternity clothes you'd have to wear if you had to carry around an 18-year-old? Oh, my goodness. Now, you see, you've got a picture, don't you, right there. The fact is, we need to get an image inside of us that these steps that we take will get us to the place that God wants us to be. Maybe for you, you teach in one of the classrooms here with our kids, and you take it serious. You understand how important it is to minister to all these children, to put seeds in their heart, to help them, to train them, to complement what's happening in their own homes there. And you have a desire inside, you have a dream of just, Lord, I want to be the best Sunday school teacher that is out there. I want to be able to know I have invested my life in these kids. If that's a dream, if that's something inside you, hallelujah, you need to work and cultivate that dream. You see, you determine how quickly you believe for things to manifest. Nobody else can try to make things manifest for you. You determine with your faith. Will you use it to believe and to see? Uh, my first drums that I ever played with, I had a snare drum. It was silverish. It had some uh, flecks of, of sparkle on the outside of it. I loved my snare drum, but eventually I wanted to have a drum set. So what we would do when we would get together as kids in our neighborhood to play, one kid had a cord organ, you know, my sister had wood blocks and a clava and all these other things. And, and I'll never forget when he, we hooked up his cord organ with a, a, a extension cord and I needed to have cymbals. So I went in the house and took my mom's pots, the lids from the pots. And I took rope from the garage and I hung those pots over my snare drum. I didn't have a bass drum, but I had those pot lids. I don't remember, you know, if I got in trouble. I'm sure I did. I always got in trouble. But I had those pot lids and I had my drumsticks. And I remember sitting there and we were playing and I was playing those lids. I had an image inside me. At one point, now this is where you're going to think I'm weird. If you already don't. I used to go down to Bowlby's Music Shop, downtown Silvis, or I mean Gary's Music Mart, and I would pick up drum books, and I would come home and I would cut the pictures out of the full drum sets. Remember, I, I didn't know anything about faith back then. 
But look at God teaches his principles to us if we're open. And I would take those pictures of the drum sets and I would tape them on the inside of my locker at school. So that when I opened my locker, I saw drum sets. I saw Ludwig. I saw, saw Slingerland. I saw Zeljan cymbals. I saw all these things. I saw those drum sets so that when I got home one day and in the kitchen at our house, my mother said to come into the kitchen and here was a drum set sitting right there on the kitchen floor. No more pot lids. No more upside down pans. I had a drum set and I wanted to make the music that I could make, which I'm sure was a lot of noise at that time. You see, I got an image on the inside of me. I didn't let, I, I never sat there complaining about having a pot lid to play. Why would I complain about it? I was happy that I got it out of the house. For a while. But when I had real symbols, man, it got down inside me. It was real to me. I want you to get a picture. Maybe you need to take some old magazines and pull them out. What are you believing for? Maybe you want to take a vacation to Disney. Maybe you want to take a vacation to the Dells. Find ways to get uh, brochures or pictures. Put those up on your refrigerator. Maybe you want to believe for certain things. Maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's other things financially. Find a way to put those pictures in front of you and let it get down in your heart. Activate your faith. Get actions to those dreams so that you can see them manifest. And if the doctor tells you you're always going to have this particular cough, you're always going to have this particular issue within your body, then I want you to begin to see scriptures that talk about divine healing. Write them out on index cards. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them someplace in the house so that you see them, so that every time each day you go to that location, you have your faith built. It is one of those things that will help get it down on the inside of you. I, I hope this is as practical as it can be. If, if you've heard these type of things before, praise the Lord, hear them one more time, because we sometimes all need to be reminded to use our faith. We all know how we've used it in the past, and sometimes we can sort of coast and put up with certain things. But I want to encourage you not to just put up with things, but to push in and get what God says is possible. If you're not looking for it to manifest, you're not anticipating it. And if you're not anticipating it, then you're not expecting. And if you're not expecting, it's doubtful you will ever receive that thing to come to pass. Boy, there's some good words there, isn't it? Manifesting, anticipating, expecting to see it come to pass. Push your faith. If you're really believing for it, who cares how long it takes to show up? It will show up. Write the vision, make it clear so you can run with it. And don't be worried, it will come to pass. Hallelujah, it will come to pass. Doubt and unbelief can create an atmosphere around us. Have you ever noticed if, if certain people walk into the room and it's just like a cloud comes over the whole place? And then other people come in the room and it's just like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. Something changes. The atmosphere changes. You go into a very cold house in the middle of winter and you turn the furnace on, you're still going to need to wear your coat for a while. But eventually things start warming up. 
And before you know it, the furniture starts holding the heat also. It's, not long, it's no longer cold in there because everything is taking on that heat. The atmosphere is changing. Faith will create an atmosphere in your thinking. It'll create an atmosphere in your heart and your life. It'll help you to begin to picture and see the plans that God has. Let's go over to an obvious scripture that we've used many times, but it ties completely into this thought that we're teaching here, and that's in Romans chapter 4. Talking about Abraham again. This is one of those things that if you'll get it down on the inside of you, it changes the way you talk. It changes the way you expect. It changes to know that if God did it for Abraham, he will do it for you. So let's look here in Romans chapter 4, starting out at verses 13 through 16. Romans chapter 4, 13 through 16. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Let's talk a little bit more. Let's put it into some other modern terms here. When a law has been given to you, if you don't do it, there is punishment for it. There's the acknowledgement. This is the right way. This is the wrong way. If you do it the wrong way, there will be consequences for the law. So how is it then that God took and established his law? We have a lot of people today that get nervous about the Ten Commandments. They don't want them out there. You know the whole reason they don't want the Ten Commandments out there? It's because no man, no king, and no government ever came up with it. If they would believe the Ten Commandments, they have to acknowledge that there is a supreme being. See, for all of us as believers, we don't have a problem with the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you've ever broken a commandment or not. I'm not here to do that questioning tonight. But I want you to understand something. God gave the Ten Commandments, and we believe his word. Amen? Well, if you believe it, then that's established in your heart. You're not sitting back there saying, I, you know, I've got a question about number three. I wasn't sure about that one. Listen, if you believe that God is God, he's given you all the Ten Commandments. So when you see governments or people coming in, why are they really getting upset about it? Because we're having to acknowledge the very first commandment. Thou shall have no other gods before me. Ooh. Listen, it's still, in our, in our country right now, it's still illegal for you to commit murder unless it comes to an unborn child. It's still illegal for you to covet somebody else's stuff. You can't just steal from them. The principles of a successful world and community are all wrapped up in the Ten Commandments. But people don't want it because there's consequences when you break the law. Okay, so how does this apply here? Let's talk about what's happening in Romans. He says, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Remember how the word says in Genesis that God appeared and spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you a father of a great nation. I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to ask you to leave the land that you're in and go someplace else. And we just got done reading the other scripture that said he was obedient and left without knowing where he was going. 
That takes faith. That takes faith. If God says it's time to go, then you need to go. You need to follow what he's asking you to do. Can it be scary? Sure thing. Isn't it helpful sometimes when God gives you a little bit of a road plan? It is. It's good. It's one of those things. It's like the first time you ever speak out in tongues publicly. You're standing there in a worship service and you're sensing that God's doing something and the things of the Spirit are moving and you're trying to figure out, should I speak out loud or should I hold it in? Should I speak out loud or should I hold it in? And you're telling, God, can't you just give me a full sentence so I can know what I'm talking about? And you have to take that step of faith. You have to start out. What if that's all there is? Don't sweat it. If there's more, God will give you the rest of it. Or he may give somebody else to complete what you started. Never be worried about stepping out in faith. But step out trusting God. What if I look foolish? You know what? Haven't we all looked foolish at times? Man, I did. I do. Uh, On Sunday morning when I was talking about this baby shower coming up, and I said Mindy's former last name. Ah. But you know, I see her kids all the time, and they're still Stivers. And it's just, you know, she had that name a lot longer than this one. So... Was I embarrassed? Yes. Uh, some of you looked at me like this. Boing! Yeah, the big eyes. It was, as soon as I said it, it was like, oh, man. Why didn't I just say Mindy? And I'm looking thinking, they didn't come to church today. Hooray! I don't ever say that. I don't ever say they didn't come to church. Hooray. That moment, I was thinking, maybe nobody will tell them. <laughs> that didn't work either. Don't be too concerned about looking foolish. Because if you make a mistake, you get back up and you go for it. Look at the rest of this. He was trying to say to him, it's not by all you do. Abraham believed God before he ever had the law. Now, let's take a look at the rest of these scriptures in verse 17. Or let's go to verse 16. Therefore, it is by faith that it might be accounted or according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Seed singular here is talking about the Israelites, the Jews. Seeds, when it's written with an S on it, is mainly talking about the Gentiles or the believers that come to Christ. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. So here now he begins to explain things in a way that talks about you and I being grafted into the family of God. We're not just the seeds out there. He's talking about being hooked up with the real plan of God. But also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. If you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, would you please say amen? Did any of you have Jesus appear to you in a physical form to ask you to get saved? No, so you already operated in faith. You've already taken that first step. Salvation was the first step that you ever took in faith. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him, capital H, meaning God the Father, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. 
you if you have been around here at for any length of time over these 30 years you know this is one of those foundational faith scriptures that we go back to over and over and over again God gives life to the dead if there is an area of your life that you quit dreaming in that's dead God can bring new life there if there's an area of your life that you've never applied the principles of faith to God can bring life there I love it when people come in and they've never heard anything about Jesus and they get born again in one of our services and their hearts are just open. They just are ready to believe God. I'll never forget years ago, and, and these folks are still part of our church. When they came in, they had been a part of a particular denomination that didn't believe in miracle signs and wonders. But when they came in and they started hearing it preached, I'll never forget the comment one Sunday as they were going out the door and the wife said, you know, if it's in the Bible, I don't know why we just don't believe it. You see, for her, that was one of those epiphanies. That was one of those moments in her life where all of a sudden, the light went off. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for those moments when the light goes off and faith, boom, happens on the inside of us. It changes us forever. It becomes part of our testimony. Hallelujah for that. Calling those things which do not exist as though they did. The dream that you can't see, you begin speaking out in faith for, and you will see it manifest. The healing, the miracle, the signs, the wonders, you begin to speak out. Your plans, God can teach you how to believe for enough finances for you if you want to say, Lord, I'd like to be able to support a missionary. I'd like every week to be able to put in something toward what we do on the mission field as well as what I do with my tithe and offering for the church. But in the natural, I don't have any extra money. My budget is stretched out. That's when you say to God, okay, Lord, what would you like me to give? And so he drops a, a wild idea in your heart. Listen, faith ideas are always wild. Well, I want to be conservative because, you know, if I save my aluminum cans, I know I can get a dollar's worth from the aluminum recycling place to give every week in missions. That's your plan. A wild plan would be for you to give $20 every week to a missions outreach. That's a lot of money. That would be a faith plan right there. Well, Pastor, wouldn't $5 be a stretch? You know, it could be. But I want it to blow your mind a little bit. Faith blows your natural reasoning. But everybody in my family had this, Pastor. I know that I've already got the symptoms of it. There's nothing I can do. They always say this arthritis shows up in family at this point, and it'll always be there, and it'll always be there. It'll control us. And before you know it, we'll not be able to do anything with our bodies. Change your confession. Change your words. Change your vision so that you get a picture going inside you. Maybe you need to go to the grocery store and buy one of those exercise magazines and you get somebody running on the front cover. Now, you may not run, but you get a picture on the inside of you of somebody who's running and healthy, and before you know it, that picture is down inside, and you start thinking, I'm healthy. Hallelujah. I will not let this arthritis take over. I will not let this disease, I'll not let this gout get in my foot. I'll not let Alzheimer's show up. That shows up in a lot of places these days, doesn't it? man alive so many families have to deal with so many different issues we've got to make sure we're oh we're out of time that we're covered by faith 
I want to encourage you to get your vision out, to get your thoughts moving. We'll come back to this and pick up on it next Wednesday night because Abraham had no weakness in his fear. He had no weakness in his fear. He spoke it out. He spoke it out. And before you know it, it showed up and came to pass. Hallelujah. Honey, why don't you come on up? Go ahead and set your Bible and notebook off for just a moment. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, create an image inside of each of us for what you want us to believe for. What do you want us to have to use our faith for? For dreams that have been dead or put off to the side, maybe children came along, you didn't think you could afford to do it, anything else, someday down the road you'll be able to, I want that dream to come alive again. Some doctor told you you've already got the early symptoms, I want that dream of God's healing power flowing through you. They're talking about cutting jobs in certain places. I want you to get that dream inside of you that God is your provider. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You go ahead and just put your hands on your heart right now, just on your chest there. Lord, you work through us. And tonight we're all believers here. And so I ask you to flow through our own hands and bring healing to our bodies. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, bring healing in the name of Jesus. I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive the answer to the promise in Jesus' name. Now, whatever that dream is that's out there, whatever that little seed, that beginning, that incubation going on inside your heart, God, over the next few days or even just hours, show dreams and visions and plans for each of us and help us begin to apply our faith. Let it become so to us that we can touch it in our faith, that we can smell it, that we can see the plans and purposes of God. Hallelujah. Lord, I want that vision. Lord, I want that vision. You want him to give you the dreams, the plans? Will you say it with me? Lord, I want that vision. One more time. Lord, I want that vision. Now I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm sorry for... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.